Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective. And uh, we've got a topic for you today. Now, this is a little bit on the provocative side. But hey, you know, uh, you know what we're about. There was uh, an article published uh, recently circulating about a young lady saying I was the fastest runner in Connecticut, something along those lines. She was one of the fastest running competitive runners in the female sport. And now that evidently trans women are considered women in in basically every uh, sector of of the of life including sports um it, it's made it basically impossible for biologically born women to compete which is why there have been uh men's division uh, men's uh leagues and women's leagues all throughout the history of sports um so uh, what are we going to do about this? I mean, I want, you know, uh, it's, it's like on one hand, we need to like take a firm stand to push back against this, but it's like facing being castigated as uh, bigots being called like, oh, you're standing, you are trying to persecute the most delicate and sensitive minority right now, which is the trans community. So it's understandable that people are afraid to speak up. But at the same time, isn't it kind of absurd to see biological women needing to compete against biological men who are naturally much stronger. There's no women in the NBA for a reason. It's not because they don't want to play for the bulls and make a ton, a ton of money. Women cannot compete against the best of male athletes here to help me articulate myself. As you can see, I'm having a hard time speaking English today is a guy who you know, he's a boxer. He does various uh, types of martial arts. Can't imagine he's too uh, interested in punching out by, you know, women. But, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if that's the position he's in, he's an athlete. He's an honorable man of his sport. And he will, I guess, have to do so. Uh, or, or will he? Let's find out. Please welcome Mark Pellegrino. Hey, man. I don't know how hey. to respond to that. I mean, um because I thoroughly enjoy women's UFC. I think it's definitely distinct from, from men's UFC, but certainly enjoyable. But what's so controversial about biological men not competing against biological women? Why is this a controversy now? Because it's saying that a trans woman, meaning a biological man who transitions to become living as a woman, is not equal to other women. So basically, it's like we're... we're, we're, we're Cat, we're casting them out. We're saying you're not really a woman. You don't get to play in women's leagues. That's well, she's, why. She, she isn't equal to other women. If she went through puberty as a biological male, that endows her with certain physical characteristics that women do not have. That makes her physical characteristics different from and not equal to the women she's competing with, right? Greater bone density, larger uh, muscles, uh, more endurance, greater lung and heart capacity. I mean, these things matter. These things, these things really do matter. Uh, a, a biological, let's say, say people of equal skill levels, a biological male champion in the UFC at whatever, let's say, lightweight level, meets a biological female who's a champion. Now there are certain equalizing characteristics in in martial arts techniques that can offset strength and power and endurance and all that 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 give a woman an advantage, certainly against normal men. Um, but against somebody equally skilled, uh, it's 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 a it's a blowout. It is it's an absolute blowout because of his physical endowments, physical endowments that nature gave him. 
I don't think this is a matter that's open for debate. Every doctor I've talked to talks about these physical characteristics and the inequalities of these physical characteristics. And not that there aren't women on the spectrum who are you know, in, endowed with strength similar to or greater than many men out there. But as a general rule, I don't think that's the case. There's a, there's a fame, there's a, there's a, a videotape of Zuby, you know, the, the rap, the rap singer and sort of uh, a man about social media out there. There's this, there's a videotape of him breaking the woman's deadlifting world record without any warm up. Now he's a guy who's in shape. No, no average guy could do that. But he's a, you know, he's a, he's a typical man in very good shape, breaking the world record for women's deadlifting. So that says something about our relative and physical endowments um, that needs to be taken seriously. I know that these people in the identity world want to pretend I, all identity uh, is about here. It's all, it's all here it's, or it's social constructs, but a lot of identity is a reflection of what is too and we have to respect what is yeah and by the way not only do i know who zuby is but i'm going to be watching him debate yaron brook tomorrow on the ayn rand center uk at 7 p.m uk time um oh, which, oh cool what are they going to debate religion tradition ah, okay cool is, is does, does the song play in your mind like it does for me tradition tradition Anyway, I don't think we no. cleared that with uh, <laughs> with the record label, but um, you know, I mean, this there's uh, multiple aspects of this. So one like one way to look at this is to say properly, look, all, every league should be privatized and not and make their own decision. I mean, they are private, but okay, it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to break like unpack this in separate things. On one one consideration that the leagues have when when faced with uh, you know trans women wanting to compete against cis women is they don't want society to see them as bigoted. So they don't want any controversy. So they don't want society. They don't want many people to say to them, oh, you're anti-trans, you're transphobic. That's one part of it. Another part of it is they don't want to face actual lawsuits and per, uh, prosecution as, as you know, violating the Civil Rights Act, for, for instance, because if it's demonstrated that they are not you know, that they're treating trans women um, or trans men as in some way that's not fair, they can definitely face a lot of uh, legal trouble, which sort of comes from some of the elements of the civil rights laws that are antithetical to property rights and, and, and liberty. So there, there, there's multiple reasons why the leagues maybe don't want to um, use their own judgment on this and to keep uh, cis women separate from trans women. Or, or men, cis men from trans men. That's so like there's two as separate aspects. There's the kind of like PR element and there's also actual legal concerns. They don't want to face civil rights lawsuits and civil rights uh, charges against them. Why isn't it possible to, to incorporate, under, understand trans transitioning human beings as a real phenomenon, something that exists that's real while also incorporating and understanding biological realities? Would it be racist or uh, I don't know prejudicial or wh whatever language these folks use to create a trans league I don't think or so uh, I think it would be if anything um well depends who so you, you have trans men competing against trans men trans women competing mm -hmm. against trans women yes and and maybe those 
trans, maybe that they should also, those same people might also be allowed to compete in regular uh, leagues, meaning of the league of the, of the sex they were born as. So let's say Caitlyn Jenner wants to still, still compete against cis men. Maybe that's fine because they're all natural born males, but then also having a trans only league where you compete against members of your same trans group. Maybe that would also be. I mean, there are acknowledgements for these kinds of biological realities all over the sports spectrum. I mean, I'm almost 60 years old. If I were to compete in jujitsu, there's no way I'd be competing in just say whatever my belt category is, <laughs> because they understand there's a clear physical difference between someone who's almost 60 and a 20 year old man. There's just clear physical differences in every across every aspect, except for the rare individuals who somehow don't lose muscle mass as they get older and don't lose testosterone as they get older and maintain strength and virility at the same level that they were in their 20s or 30s. That's extremely rare. So you would compete in a senior's division because it recognizes biological realities. So, the, well, the trans mm -hmm. world, the trans world can, can recognize the realities of, you know, whatever the complexities are that create our identification in gender, but also recognize certain physical realities and biological realities that are beyond question. And when they, it's, it's when they question that stuff that, um, that we have to take pause and fight back uh, because it's not rational. It's not rational. Also, uh, thank you, Kiana, for the $2 in the super chat. And uh, over in the regular chat room, the, uh, you know, the sort of, uh, nosebleed chat that's not the super chat we got christopher saying primacy of consciousness which i think is sort of the answer to your question like why can't people just be adults about this because i don't know if you've seen the aclu's yeah aclu i was confused them with ucla the aclu's uh, famous tweet with the clapping emojis trans women are women trans women are women trans women are women you don't know what what's coming next Trans women are women. And, and then it just repeats that. But um, <laughs> I mean, there's people with a lot of influence and uh, philosophers of our time, intellectuals and activists, they're saying to treat trans women as in some way different from natural born cis women is a type of discrimination. You're like a, an unfair discrimination. You're treating them like their reality, their truth doesn't matter. The, that the fact that they feel like a woman is it, not you know, is not good enough for you. It doesn't, uh, that you're not on board with that. You're not supportive of that. Um, now it would be wonderful if the, um, if, if the majority of trans athletes would, would be fair about this. And they would say, look, yes, I, yes, I, I, I live as a woman. I see myself that way. I've always felt that way. I don't know why, but that's, that's, that's who I am. That's how I choose to live. And please, you know, you, you should not allow me or anyone in my uh, sort of community to compete against the opposite natural sex because it's not fair to the, to them, or it's not like, it's not, it's not, it's unfair advantage, just unfair uh, competition to somebody in that match. It would be great to see tr the trans community be, be very mature about this, but just like uh, perhaps with the, with the gay community in decades past, or and maybe even now, it would have been great to see the, the sort of most loud outspoken gays fighting for gay rights to also be champions of capitalism through and through, but I don't think that's always been the case. Um, so oftentimes um, efforts for equality have come along with wanting favors, wanting regulations. Um, so kind of my, my dream would be to see 
uh, various minorities, various groups of people that are facing adversity in the world to champion capitalism and rule of law as the sort of solution to, um, to what ails them. Uh, and certainly in this case, we've got a few more super chats. Sammy with 99 pounds or euros, Emily with 99 cents American, and Marilene with $2 American. Marilene says, people don't get their own truth. That's true. Nathan with $5 says, great show, guys. Well, great comment. Can't, can't <laughs> say I disagree with that. Yeah, so primacy yeah, I, of... I, yeah, go ahead. I, I do think this is a primacy of consciousness issue. I do think that, as usual, uh, liberty, free, free markets, capitalism, uh, resolve most of the conflicts in the sense that if, if you are an owner of a team and you choose to incorporate the values that seem to be dominant now with respect to ignoring biological realities, um, then you can fully embrace that if you choose and some other free organization, private organization can freely embrace those. I think the reason some of these uh, communities have embraced socialistic tendencies is because socialism appeals to people who feel oppressed and who, who have not just feel oppressed, but who are oppressed legally by society. And the answer for them is Marxism that sort of sees the world in terms of these dichotomies, in terms of these unreconcilable conflicts and that you're, per, you're, you're the only way you can win is to sort of turn the tables on on the oppressor. Capitalism doesn't appeal to people on those terms and, and so it misses them. And so I, I completely sympathize with their, with their desire to turn the tables and, and because they are legitimately legally oppressed, they, they, they legitimately are experiencing inequality before the law. And, and there's only seemingly one social uh, philosophy that appeals to that kind of suffering. When in fact, we know uh, liberalism and capitalism and free markets actually could if it were more politically active. Yeah, yeah. I think there's uh, a lot of people that can be reached um, with individualism, um, basically telling people, yeah, like, how you're feeling it, it, you know, feelings are facts as far as the, like your feeling exists and you should look at it and understand it. If you feel like a woman, definitely don't evade it. Don't, don't try to suppress it. Speak to, speak to a pro and speak to people in your life and definitely uh, try to understand the world and understand yourself. Definitely um, nobody uh, ought to be punished for how they feel, whether, you know, whether it's their sexual preference, their gender identity or whatever else they're dealing with. And also, um, there's a lot of, and a lot of those people who are dealing with those things can be um, comforted and emboldened in, to a great degree by, by embracing a, an ethics of egoism, which, which, is, which connotes looking at the world independently and rationally and, follow, and pursuing rational values. And all of that, um, when implemented in politics uh, amounts to capitalism, which means, you know, private individuals can associate and um, trade with who, whom they, they wish to. By the way, uh, so I, think, I, I think when we're talking about, when we're talking about trans, the trans phenomenon, of course, we're talking about experiences that we know nothing about, and we, we, we can't really identify psychologically with that. So I'd like to make a recommendation to our Lord Emperor behind the scenes that maybe he should bring in Blair White uh, as somebody to talk to and uh, talk to us about this phenomenon, 
because I'm sure she can really, really shed light on it. And I'm sure she agrees with us uh, as well about the way um, the way sports are sort of coming down on on the wrong side of the issue in many respects. Um, but she can enlighten us certainly as to the psychological phenomenon that is this. I mean, I, I definitely have friends who are trans and um, and I just uh, listen to what their phenomenon is. But um, I don't think they deny biological realities as far as I know, um, but it's certainly becoming that way uh, where people want to impose their experiences on reality and claim their experience as primary over the facts of reality. And this is something we certainly have to think about. Yeah, uh, Blair would be a great guest. Uh, I know Blair. Also, there is an objectivist or a serious student of objectivism that has been on this channel. He was interviewed by Nikos a few months back. Uh, David was, I think, yeah, the last yeah. name I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. I remember. So maybe having him, uh, him, uh, sorry, her on. I don't know what name David uh, goes by currently. Maybe it's still David, but um, I, you know, I would love to uh, learn more about what she is going through. But there, there's a lot. There was a lot that was discussed in that uh, interview with Nikos. And also uh, Andrew Bernstein and Bosch Faustin interviewed David as well uh, around the same time. Uh, George with the super chat says there shouldn't be men's and women's sport, just sport. If women wouldn't reach top level, so be it. We'd watch them compete in lower divisions. Interesting. Okay. So maybe it shouldn't be divided by gender, but just by skill level. So you'd have a women's league, like that's not necessarily for women, but it's just they're in that particular skill level. And then the, what we call the NBA would be just the part of the NBA. I think, that's, I think, I think that's a worse partitioning. I mean, I, I look, we unfortunately have this, 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 uh, biological gender divide. It's the way we categorize athletes. Uh, maybe it's unfortunate, but I think if you do it according to level, uh, you really consign w women to the, to never being able to compete. Really, if it's just at if it's just at level um, with with respect to physical sports, um, even even I, I just don't think that would work. Even even the great ones that I know and respect in certain fields, particularly the martial arts, um, would probably be quite a bit down down the, the rankings, if they were competing against men at the equal rate and equal skill level, they, I don't know that they'd even be in the top 10. Maybe, maybe some of them are, are good enough. And they, and like I said, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is sort of the, the thing that changes the game changer in, in every respect. You know, if you're skilled at that, you can really, really balance the odds against somebody a lot bigger and stronger, but, um, I just, I think that's a worse categorization. I can't help but think that women wouldn't compete or be champions at all under those circumstances. Yeah, and men, you know, if, especially if it's combat, but even in any sport, a lot of men don't want to compete against women. Um, so like psychological factors come sure. in in a way that it might not in a, in a men versus men's or women versus women's sport. So, and there's all types of manipulation that could be going on behind the scenes that women well, look, I, th I think I think the good news is like the UFC is changing that in a lot of ways too. There's a lot of cross cross training and women train with men, men train, you know, with women and these women hold their own. And if there are that, if, if there is that elite level of athlete, a uh, female athlete that wants to compete in the men's division and really is capable of doing that, hey, you know, 
once again, it's a property rights thing. Let let's see what a, a, a free market would do. I think I think a woman who compete can compete against men at that at a top level would be a huge draw, right? She would be a huge draw. Um, there'd be there'd be quite a bit of money to be made from somebody like that. I just don't know how frequent, you know, that that kind of event would would be. Yeah, it's it's hard to. Uh... Wouldn't be commonplace. Right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Christopher, for the one dollar forty nine uh, super chat. And he sends a rainbow, a rainbow image. That's that's nice of him to say. Um, you know, there's a lot of like tension, I think, that we don't we don't hear that much about. Maybe maybe, maybe between, let's say, gay people who have they, they, they fought hard for just to live in society without being persecuted. And now they're being told you're actually part of the problem. You who are cisgendered and actually make, and that's a big part of your identity. The fact that you're a man who's attracted to men, that's actually, that's actually, you know, you're part of the transphobic uh, world now and you need to be an ally and, and you need to ask, how can I do better? And then, then it goes further, like among trans people who sort of fought uh, just to be recognized and accepted now they're being told by the non-binary uh, community, oh no, you trans people, you binary uh, people like who see yourself as, as just man or just woman, you're actually phobic towards us nine non-binaries because you know we're the ones who are the real outcasts now. And then if, uh, if, if uh, as, ha- as has happened at times, if a, if a trans person says, you know, these non-binaries are really making it all about them, they're you know, they're kind of uh, hijacking this whole movement. Now they're the ones who are non-binary phobic. It's just, um, it's yeah, just I think, getting- and I think, yeah. And I think the conflict comes, it's perfectly fine to be thinking that way if that's, if that's where you're going. But the conflict comes in when you're trying to impose that on everybody around you. And, and therein lies the rub, because I, I think liberty and free markets and respect for other people's way of doing things is what resolves a lot of this conflict. Stop imposing your will on me. Be and do what you choose as long as you're not hurting another person. Uh, I, I really have no problem with you at all. How, who, who, however you choose to be called, however you choose to identify is nothing to me. I, I, I'm gonna look at you because I think the essential you is your character and, and I'll, I'll make determinations based on that, not based on these other things which I consider superfluous. Now they may not, that's perfectly fine. Um, I think the problem is getting in everybody's business, getting in everybody's shit, telling everybody what to do, trying to make other people accommodate you is not what peace and civility is about. You know, we accommodate one another by staying out of each other's way. We ac- this, the thing called rights is the ultimate liberal way of accommodating other people. This thing called tolerance is the ultimate liberal way of accommodating other people. It doesn't mean I have to accept you. It doesn't mean I have to identify with you or relate to you. It just means that we all get out of each other's shit, man. And let's just do that. That solves a lot of problems. Yeah, and it's, but it, it like problems, like questions do emerge. Let's say you're, you've got a child and even if, we about we're able to abolish public education so there's that part of it is not the problem but let's say your, your your private school where you send your child hires a trans teacher or a non-binary teacher or some a teacher who lives and looks a certain way that you're just not really you don't want your kid to be exposed to for one reason or another now you need to decide am i gonna speak out against this am i gonna 
be vocal about my concern or not? Am I going to just well, look gonna... in a private institution? You have a right to withdraw your child from that place. You can you can discuss it. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the child to be exposed to someone like that and question and ask what it means, provided that what they get back isn't some form of fear mongering or a threat or indoctrination, but just this is the way I feel about the world. This is the way I identify. This is the way I look, um, you know, take it or leave it. I, I agree. You, you have the right to withdraw your child, but the question is posed before you. Are you going to withdraw your child? Are you going to face having people call you transphobic or, or something like that? It's just these these questions will it's, continue. It's to like come we're, up. we're in this massive secondhand society where the, the, the people leveling the accusations are are ultimately driving for your acceptance, your confirmation of their reality. And the people who are too fearful of speaking out are ultimately looking for the other person's acceptance and the other person's confirmation of their reality. It's like this, it's, it's like a gross, it's like a waltz of stupid, a waltz of weakness, a waltz of second-handedness, a waltz of non-independent thinking. Let's stop the dance, man. Be what you are, that's fine with me. Um, but don't tell me how I gotta think. I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly open to to listen and 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 be your ally. Um, but don't, you know, don't, don't, don't fucking tell me I'm I'm phobic because I think, you know, biology's real. Uh, and and uh, and and that, you know, that that identity matters identity matters in the in 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 the world that we we have things that go on in our head we have things in the world and we have to identify what both of those are and you know i and and don't and the other side the right side don't come down on me because i think there's a point to the trans argument don't come down on me because i think there's a point to this identification as gender or sexuality as coming from lots of areas not just biology it's, it's certainly not just mm -hmm. biologically determined yeah, when I took a um, when I took a, an anthropology class in uh, when I was in school, I thought we would just learn about cavemen and cool stuff like that. It turns out it's all about how gender means different things in different parts of the world and in different, you know, developing countries. Gender roles are completely different, and the whole thing just made me feel like how how could I ever explain any of this to a kid? <laughs> like you know, it's not politically correct to say that, but that's kind of what I took away from the class. I'm like. Should I even have kids if like I need to explain so much stuff to them? But anyway. Well, you um, probably can't, but you know what? There's something true in the movement that we have to take from, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. while at the same time holding on to the concept that identity, as we understand it, A equals A, A is A, matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll plug again the interview with David Birnbaum that was on this channel. Um, because David, you know, with a background in objectivism is able to approach these questions rationally. Thank you, Mary Link, for the super chat saying, I will use whatever pronouns are requested and be as kind and understanding as I can. I don't presume to understand other people's psychology. Thank you, LMH, for the super chat. Now, True. the analytic synthetic dichotomy in the nosebleed chat room says, and, you know, that, uh, a biological man is a man no matter how deranged he is. So, uh, but what does that mean in practice then? Like, if, <laughs> if, if a person who we've always respected intellectually, who's been a searching probing uh person who takes his life and values seriously discloses that he he's been feeling like a woman and wants to basically transition to some degree do we just call that person deranged and no longer no, and, and no like, i think and i think that's where foucault might have had a point when he when he talked about 
some psychological di psychological diagnoses being being incorrect. You know, when, when at one time homosexuality was deemed to be a mental illness, I, I think it might be in the DSM three or DSM at, at one point, one of its iterations as being a, a mental illness. And later on, we discovered that's not the case. Well, there's something to be said for that. Um, to call to call somebody who has a, a brain that may honestly uh, be female, um, <laughs> to call them deranged uh, for the fact that they've always had this experience um, and the transition and the tra actual transitioning can actually help them with that experience as opposed to leave, leave them in conflict. To call them deranged is, is not it's not the story, man. It's it's not the story, and maybe some objectivists will jump on me for that. But I think it's a real phenomenon that needs to be taken into consideration. Blair White could tell us there are people who are trans, and the transition experience helps them. It helps them. It doesn't hurt them psychologically. It actually helps them. It's, uh, it, it, we, we got to find out what's right, what's good about it, right. and what's, what's not. It's it is a contentious issue, like you said. Some people, they'll jump on you for showing any sympathy to trans people. And obviously, we know there's plenty of people that will eat, try to eat you alive if you don't completely bow down to anything a trans person tells you. But the fact we can all agree on is that certain people exist. Certain people exist with certain psycho psychologies, and we don't know yet exactly why they are that way, but they exist. We need to coexist, and we need to understand and, and learn about the human condition. All right, coming up in 90 minutes, the premiere of HBTV. <coughs> you know what HBTV is, Mark? Uh-uh, tell me. Harry Binswanger Television. Oh, that's right. Now that I would like to see. Uh, and guess what the topic is? You'll never guess this. It's evolution, fact in biology, fiction in psychology. Speaking of contentious issues, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward. He's, well, what's evolutionary ahead. psychology? Oh, Got an hour. You know, all this, uh, they try to say, basically what I think it amounts to is saying that determinism is at play with whatever the culture is. So culture is biological. And so if, you know, if society looks a certain way, that's evolution who made us that way. So they don't understand <laughs> free will. They don't understand right. reason. There's a lot they don't understand. But is there something to evolutionary psychology maybe I, i'm not i'm obviously no no neither an evolutionary biologist nor any type of psychologist uh let's hear harry binswanger's perspective on this he's certainly a bona fide objectivist and his dissertation his phd i believe was on biology and he's definitely a uh, a voice worth hearing and he'll be heard right here on the ayn rand center uk this is big folks I mean, as far as objectivism on the internet goes, the Ayn Rand Center UK has been breaking new grounds. Lord Emperor Razi behind the scenes. Uh, it's just nothing's ever good enough for him. He'll, he's never satisfied. He's always bringing us new good stuff. So please consider becoming an Ayn Rand Center UK member to not only get exclusive content and study groups, but also to know you're playing a part in growing this magnificent project. Thanks, uh, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Mark. This has been, you know, a difficult discussion, but a necessary one. Um, I'll uh, see you on Clubhouse. See you all there on, in just a moment. We'll see yeah. you there. And uh, stay tuned for Harry Binswanger TV in 90 minutes from now, as well as the Daily Objective, same time tomorrow. Thank you and goodbye.